recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Z Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Z Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. Hello, hello, you're listening to Zed Games. My name is Easy. I'm hanging out in studio with... Elliot. Yo! Yo! Uh, interesting night. I, um, you're getting me two weeks in a row. Uh, for anyone who's a regular listener of Zed Games, Paul is uh, usually in uh, tonight, but he's not feeling well. So I'm here to replace Paul... As a uh, button-pushing person. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and share some opinions. <laughs> a few. Just a, a few. couple. Yeah. Mm. So what do we normally do on uh, Zed Games, Elliot? <laughs> First up, we do the news. That's so right. we've got the news coming like in a minute, whenever you push that button. Yeah, when I push the button, we'll be listening to the latest in uh, video gaming news, or gaming news in general. Um, it has been a really... Hectic week of news. Yeah. Um, Zara put the news together this week. It's a little longer than usual. Um, there's a lot to cover. So strap yourself in and get ready for the week in gaming news. This week in gaming news. It's time to vote for GDCA. Online voting is now open for the 2022 Game Developers Choice Awards and the Independent Games Festival Awards. You have until Friday, February 11th at 5.59pm to submit your vote. All finalists are eligible for the awards and casting your vote can determine the winning games, with the winners being announced at the Game Developers Conference in March. Local Game Unpacking by Witchbeam is on the finalists for GDCA, and Unpacking and another local game, Webbed by Sbug Games, are both on the list for IGF. These games join the ranks with Sable by Shedworks, Halo Infinite by 343 Industries, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart by Insomniac Games, and so much more. You can check out our Facebook page at ZEDGamesAU for links to vote. Sony buys Bungie with more acquisitions on the way. Sony has announced a deal to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion, making it yet another large consolidation deal in the games industry. Bungie will be an independent subsidiary of Sony Interactive Entertainment and will remain a multi-platform studio. They promise that Bungie will have the option to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play, which may come as a relief to current players who have already had to migrate their accounts in the past. But Sony isn't stopping there. Jim Ryans has said that we should expect more studio acquisitions in the future, with Sony aiming to expand beyond the PlayStation console. Although the timing of the Bungie acquisition has many suggesting it is in response to Microsoft's recent acquisitions of Activision. Although the Bungie deal has been in the works for over five months. New York Times now has Wordle. The popular word game that has taken the internet by storm has been acquired by the New York Times for an undisclosed price in the low seven figures. Wordle's creator, George Wardle, says the game will continue to be free to play. However, the New York Times statement seems to imply otherwise stating that Wordle will initially remain free to new and existing players. The New York Times does promise that Wordle will have an interesting future ahead with a team of designers and engineers to further the user experience. It's unclear exactly what this means at this point, but many are cautious for the future of this little word game. Ubisoft complains that players don't get NFTs. 
After Ubisoft announced Quartz in December 2021, an NFT platform that would allow players to buy and sell virtual goods for real-world cash, they have been met with a wave of concern as to the potential environmental impact such a platform could cause, and what NFTs and video games actually mean for players. The publisher answers critics by explaining that Quartz would use the Tezos blockchain to circumvent the energy-hungry algorithms, so that a single transaction would use the roughly the same amount of energy as a video stream. However, this hasn't stopped criticism, with many asking, what's the point? I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. For now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet and second just a tool for speculation, says Nicola Pollard, VP at the Ubisoft Strategic Innovations Lab. But what we, at Ubisoft, are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them, or they're finished playing the game itself. So really, it's for them. It's really beneficial, but they don't get it for now. And now for some upcoming game releases. February 4th brings Cheftastic Buffet Blast for the PC, and Dying Light 2 Stay Human for the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4 and Xbox One. February 8th brings Apex Legends Defiance for the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One and Switch, Model Builder for the PC, Oli Oli World for the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One and Switch, Rumbleverse for the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4 and Xbox One, Sifu for PC, PS5 and PS4, and February 9th brings Unbound Worlds Apart for the PS5 and PS4. That's it this week in gaming news. Thank you so much, Zara, for the week in gaming news. Oh my, oh my. That is a lot of news. They consolidated that really well. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they did. (laughs) Um, What a way to acquisition the news. I don't know. Uh, That was bad. We'll we'll move away. I tried to do something there. It didn't work. (laughs) It's all right. Everyone's rolling their eyes out there. Like, that was bad. I don't even know what you said. All right. Moving right along. Uh, So, yeah. Sony buys Bungie. Um, Cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that it's lined up so well with Microsoft's purchase. Um, (laughs) I mean, 3.6 billion acquisition of Bungie versus how much Microsoft? About 70 billion. Like. (laughs) Jeez. Slightly short. On to be me. fair, Bungie has Destiny, and what does Activision Blizzard have? Lots. Yeah, they well, lots. you know, like, World of Warcraft. Like just we would spend the whole show just listing what they have. Yeah, no, there is an actual list that I have. I'm not going to read it out, but I get there is an actual <laughs> list of what uh, Microsoft have acquired. Um, it's uh, it's pretty astounding. The subsidiaries under Microsoft now has just expanded exponentially. Mm. Um, but it also brings Microsoft a lot closer towards the actual total value of Sony. Sony still remain in the top dog seat for, uh, uh, you know, money, gaming revenue, basically. So uh, Sony's $25 billion. Uh, Microsoft was 11.6. And now with the acquisition of uh, Activision and Blizzard, it is an extra $8.1 billion. So they're, oh, they're pretty close to each other. Uh, Sony, I think, panic bought <laughs> Bungie. That's what it looks like. It does look like that. But I mean, these, <laughs> these deals take months. Like, they may have heard some whispers about Microsoft's deal, and maybe they were like, oh, crap, what, we, what can we do? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think, like, these things take so long. 
They do. They, there's like a lot of, you know, uh, time and negotiations, negotiations yeah. and contracts and paperwork and probably lots of yelling and screaming and all sorts of things goes on behind the doors. I don't I don't know. Um, and when you're throwing around billions of dollars, it's no joke. Um, and this industry is very much worth billions of dollars. So that's that's pr- exactly why there's so much money being thrown around. Mm. Um, in other news, uh, Witches Gwent is getting a new single-player standalone game later in the year, apparently. I reckon that'll go really well. You honestly. reckon? Yeah, I mean, so many people love Gwent. I know so many people who literally just play Witcher so that they can play Gwent. Yeah, like, I, and I'm pretty sure uh, Django on the show also really loves playing Gwent. Even choose them as the uh, avatar body for their the Z <laughs> Games image um, on our website. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I mean, they were originally from... Was it Witcher 3, Wild Hunt? I mean, to well, be fair, I did not get through Witcher right. 1 and 2 very far, so I could not tell you, but it was definitely in 3. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm just not imagining, I'm just not making sure I'm not imagining that. <laughs> uh, also, World of Warcraft uh, cross-faction dungeons. So, for any of you WoW players out there, anyone who like really intensely follows WoW, uh, there's Horde and Alliance, which are two very separate factions. They don't really help each other, they kind of hate each other. It's a whole thing. People have tattoos. Oh my gosh, it's a, it's a lot. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. Um, they have now announced that a cross-faction dungeon and raids uh, raid with you know the PvP will uh, begin testing. Very interesting. Lore-wise, very interesting. Like, I played WoW for too long. Uh, far too long. Um, and <laughs> I can tell you, as, as somebody who's like still kind of into it just for the lore, super, super interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see at what kind of threat level actually requires Horde and Alliance to actually cooperate. Yeah. Because um, they they don't cooperate, and they've had no. some pretty severe threats in the past. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, interesting, Literally why now? Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting lore-wise to see what's going on there. Uh, back to Sony, just quickly. Uh, PlayStation have announced their partnership with Discord. Uh, well, they announced it back in May 2021. But now they, uh, as of January 31st, they uh, said that they are... Uh, gradually rolling out the ability to link your PSN account from Discord and display your PlayStation 4 or PS5 game activity on your profile. This is cool. Yeah, um, Microsoft like tried to acquisition Discord as well, but yeah. Uh, yeah. PlayStation got in there. Yeah, well, I mean, Discord didn't want to be sold. You know, they wanted to be their own thing, I mm, think. Mm. Um, but I am keen for a Discord app in on the PlayStation, if that's a thing. Um if it's not, please, if, please, Sony. That'd be great. That'd be nice. It'd be really nice. Um, yeah, we don't need an Xbox anymore because Game Pass. Sorry, if I'm pretending to be Paul tonight, I've got to say Game Pass at least once. <laughs> once? <laughs> You're underselling it, mate. <laughs> there we go. Jesus. Anyway, yeah, so Discord, an app on PlayStation, please. That'd be great. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, so there's, oh my gosh, there's, there's a lot of news. I'm tired already. Um, but these acquisitions are exciting. Uh, Jeff Knightley, who's a freelance writer for Kotaku and also the announcer and coordinator, Basically I guess, for the Games yeah. Award. Game Awards, yeah. Um, he tweeted just on February 2nd, uh, have you have heard from multiple people, as you might suspect, there are a few other big video game deals in final stages of negotiations. It's going to be an interesting year. So there you have it. That's keen the, to see it. Yeah. I, I want to know what other monopolies are forming in the industry. <laughs> I love I love some gaming goss. That's, gaming, that's my gaming jam. goss, yeah. Uh, what are we doing now? We're going to listen to a review. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, 
about Nobody Saved the World. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Amazing. From Paul. From Paul, who's not here, sadly. Uh, but he conveniently recorded this for us earlier, uh, oh, since he's under a legend. Yeah, I know. What a, what a, what a guy. Oh, amazing. Uh, all right, let's push Planner's review. <laughs> this is Nobody Saves the World. Nobody Saves the World by Drinkbox Studios. Makers of Guacamelee, Guacamelee 2, Severed, and Mutant Blobs Attack. I would consider myself a fan of the studio, having utterly devoured their last three games, so I was already awaiting the reveal of their new title with great anticipation. What was revealed was a top-down cartoony action RPG where you played as various characters, which many outlets described as a roguelike. Now I like roguelikes, but I'm pretty burnt out on them, so my expectations were tempered. Then I saw it was co-op and thought, well that's a twist. Fast forward to release, and I hadn't followed much else about the game. First thing, everyone who called this game a roguelike is an idiot. In no sense of the term is this a roguelike. It's an action RPG dungeon crawler. You play it from start to end. If you die, you respawn at the last checkpoint. Classic and easy for my mind to comprehend. You are nobody or a nobody. A nobody named nobody? Who knows? Someone, I'm sure. Probably someone who pays more attention to game stories than I do. Anyway, Nobody is a pale, mostly featureless humanoid, devoid of many characteristics, except two terrifyingly black vacant holes instead of eyes. What a comforting character design that I'm sure alludes to nothing. The world is beset by the calamity, but you awaken with no memory in a small shack behind a wizard's house. The wizard, however, has vanished, but you quickly recover his wand. The wand gives Nobody the power to shapeshift into other forms. The first form you acquire is the ever-exciting rat. The rat will allow you to escape from your first encounter. By using the rat, you'll level it up, which will unlock further forms. In this case, the warrior and the ranger. By using them, you'll unlock more forms. But we're done with the expected now. Look forward to the horse, the slug, the magician, the mermaid, and so on. The game is very good at setting your expectations with the typical and then adding ridiculousness on top. Who this game is for is people who like chasing carrots on sticks. But imagine, if you will, that the carrot also had a stick with a carrot on it, and that carrot, you guessed it, also has another carrot. If you're not progressing something in the game, you're not playing it correctly. The story quests, your character's level, each form has level, each ability to each of the forms can be upgraded, unlocking new forms, finding secrets, hell, sometimes walking will give you bonuses. What the game does is show your active quest down the side, and this will change depending on what form you're using because you'll get challenges with each form to use abilities in certain ways and achieve certain conditions. It forces you to constantly change your gameplay style and keep it fresh since, as we must all be aware, dungeon crawling can be quite repetitive. By completing the form-specific challenges, you unlock new abilities and additional forms so you can do it all over again. Why would you want to level up all the forms though, other than being some kind of sick, depraved completionist? Why wouldn't you just stick to the ones you like the best? Here's the game's real trick. 
Very early on, you get the ability to mix the powers and abilities of your forms. Suddenly the game goes from a cute, stabby, shooty, sometimes horse simulator into a wild world of build possibilities. Want more options? Better keep leveling everything. The game works well in long and short bursts because of this too. I'd be beating challenges every few minutes, so a short play session is still satisfying, while major exploration in the bigger dungeons offer some more satisfying challenges. Replaying dungeons is also not so repetitive either, because even though most dungeons have a clear theme and or gimmick, the actual layouts are randomly generated, so you get a fresh experience whenever you re-enter, or fail. The game is also co-op, and this is a mixed bag. They made one strong choice. The second player joins the host game. They don't bring their character, they just play a clone of the first player's nobody. This means there's no issues with balance or syncing progress, but it also means that if you're not going to play through the whole game together, you're the second player, you won't get to take anything back from it. It's also obviously built for local co-op. You can't separate in the game world, and if one player opens the menu to look at challenges, change builds or whatever, the other player just has to sit and watch. Maybe offer some colour commentary. When you're both sitting on the same couch, I guess that's your only option though. Ah, just wait a moment. I only played online, give me a sec. There is no local co-op? Okay, so they've made some weird decisions here. Maybe they forgot. Otherwise, however, the game remains very fun in co-op. We had no oddities while playing online and each player can make their own builds with the forms. That's right, you can both be your own unique kind of hideous mermaid. It's a very silly and light-hearted game. Drinkbox's previous Guacamelee games were criticised by some as having humour that was a bit too meme and generally internet based. It seems toned down here, maybe more 2000s era Nickelodeon. Everyone is generally excited and happy to see you, even with the world falling to bits. Exploring is satisfying too, with lots of small gags to discover and side quests which often require you to create unique form builds to pass. These more puzzly scenarios are a good primer for some of the things you can do in the game. Visually, it's also very nice to look at. A bit like Adventure Time, but with more shading and detail on the characters. Just remember the black hollow voids instead of eyes. Remember them. The music by Jim Guthrie is also perfectly jaunty. When looking at the soundtrack, I was surprised at how short some of the loops were, and I hadn't come to hate them. The true test of upbeat soundtracks. In fact, pretty much all the tracks have a driving rhythm behind them, which really motivates you to keep chasing those delicious challenges. The game is a satisfying 12 to 16 hour-ish, depending on how extensively you want to explore and complete everything. That does, however, unlock New Game Plus, which turns up the difficulty for those looking for a challenge. I really enjoyed my time with Nobody Saves the World, and with friends playing it now, I'm sure to jump in to share their adventures. Nobody Saves the World is on Game Pass! for PC and Xbox, and is also available on Steam for $36 Australian. It's not currently announced for PlayStation or Switch, but considering Drinkbox's history of porting their games to everything, I feel it's a pretty safe bet. I played the game on PC by Game Pass with an Xbox One controller. Thank you so much, Paul. It's all there. I swear. <laughs> Why am I not shocked that 
you managed to include Game Pass. Yeah, I don't know, Paul. <sighs> uh, if you would like to be a mermaid, a hideous mermaid, filling out forms, um, <laughs> you can check out Nobody Saves the World. It's on Game Pass. It's all there, I swear. Um, among other platforms that you can play on that I can't remember because I was too busy laughing at the fact that... It's just PC and Xbox. Yeah, it's just PC and Xbox. There we go. <laughs> cool. So you're listening to Zed Games, is that it? You're listening to Zed Games. You're listening to Zed Games. Hello, you're listening to Zed Games. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. That's right. You're listening to Zed Games. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Shocking. I think that stings at it all, really. <laughs> and we are now about to listen to a review from uh, Toby. This one is a game, well, it's a physical game, I believe, uh, called Epic Spell Wars of the Battle of Wizards. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we can listen to that. It is, it is uh, you know, an epic game of spells and wizards. And there's also a duel at Mount Skull's Fire. Apparently. That's a, a mouthful. It sounds intense. Well. So uh, I'm going to push play. Let's do this. Let's go, Toby. Like the game, this review will be rated 15 plus, but with no swears. So if you're into being rad enough to go balls to the walls of a wizard's fleeing spells, then tune out for the next six minutes. Are you sick of boring games involving strategy and money and stuff? Do you just want to mercilessly kill all your friends over and over until you've asserted your dominance while cackling from your throne of broken promises? Then maybe, just maybe, you're hard enough to... Show me what you got! Welcome to, welcome to... Now that skulls with a Z... And fire with a Y. Got that? Yeah, but it sounds more epic that way. What? Just write it down so we can get on with it. I know! Ah! (coughs) Now, where were we? Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards is a series of games with an art style reminiscent of an evolution of Robert Crumb's work through the looking glass of Super Jail and Adventure Time. Think 90s version of Adventure Time cross Mad Magazine and you're getting close. The artist is Nick Edwards and I thoroughly recommend looking him up for more of his strange. The edition we'll be talking about today though is the first in the series and came out in February 2012. It's a decade old? Yeah. And filled with humour suitable for all those fart gigglers out there. Inside this hardcover box, there is no board to speak of, rather a cardboard cutout standee of Mount Skull's Fire to battle over. Several last wizard standing tokens, because once you get a taste for the mighty magic jewels you endure, you too will want to replay this with all the benefits that lie therein. Some skull tokens, and the following. 
eight epic wizard cards to choose your player from, ranging from Pista the Pissed Wizard, Grastar the Bloodomancer, and Princess Holiday and her Furicorn. Eight wild magic cards, 25 dead wizard cards with eight different effects of various rarities and benefits, five different magic types, and 25 totally different treasure cards, the ultimate powerhouse of buffs, charms, and sensual loot. And really the only strategic advantage you can get in-game, so hoard them like your life depends on it, because it surely does. And lastly, the cards that you will use as components to cast your epic spells of destruction, of which there are 20 of each delivery, source, and quality to choose from. Now for the bit where I run through how to play. Uh, 1. Choose your wizard wisely and put your skull token on your life counter, 20 to start with, and deal each player 8 spell cards. From those cards you create your spell. Each spell contains up to three parts, a source, a quality, and a delivery. And on your delivery card you have your initiative. But I don't have one of them, you say in your whiny baby voice. Well, play what you want, I'm not your dad. If you do play less cards, you get to go first, with the initiative of the delivery dictating who gets to go first after that. And if you don't have a delivery card, you fancy pants go last. Now it's time to read out your spell and rain destruction on your foes. Each component of the spell has text describing what it does, which can range from returning precious life points to your board, gaining treasures, randomized effects, treachery or just plain hellfire damage. And who wouldn't want to scream epic spells into the void such as Pam and Hecuba's ritualistic nuclear meltdown or Ben Voodoo's wild magic bedazzlement. Oh yeah, wild magic. Basically, you draw cards until you find one to replace it. Randomness magic! Now, should your spell not contain one of those qualities? Fear not. Create your own words to describe it. You're the wizard after all! After draining your foes of their precious life points, you, almighty oh evil one, receive a last wizard standing token while they, the losers that they are, receive a dead wizard card with the attached buffs to mitigate their weakness when facing you. Then, like your many skeletal minions, everyone rises from the dead and resets the health pool, and the war begins afresh. And you continue this until you run out of energy to manically laugh at your foes as you grind them between your heels. <laughs> this is one of the few games I regularly get out at gatherings because there is little to no strategy to winning, and losing gets you buffs to balance and give you the win in the next round. So I would call this more of a social game and advise you to leave your must-win feelings in the strategy game box where it belongs. So just have some fun, and to make it extra special, a personal favourite home rule of mine is to choose a role-playing voice and go hard for the whole game. Thank you, Will Wheaton. The crazy visuals, names, and pure randomness make this very enjoyable. And with other settings and new mechanics introduced in standalone expansions, Duel at Mount Skull's Fire is a great place to start your journey with Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards. Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skull's Fire was created by Corey Jones, designed by Rob Heinsu, and published by Cryptozoic Entertainment. Thank you so much, Toby, for that epic review. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think I need to wind down now, just a little bit. Ah, oh, well, you've just come in at the right time. It's the end of Zed Games. <laughs> uh, we've been listening to some fantastic reviews from Paul, 
Um, we also had the news, and then at the end there, you also heard a fantastic review from Toby. Uh, if you'd like to check out more of Z Games reviews and news and other such things, you can head over to the Z Games Facebook page, Facebook page <laughs> at ZED Games AU. Uh, up there, we post links to things, memes, you Best know, memes. M- mostly memes. Uh, we're all volunteers. We don't have time to <laughs> do anything other than post memes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was good. What do you think of the episode? Dude, hectic. Hectic. <laughs> so full. It was, uh, it was packed tonight. It's a packed, packed show. A lot of fun, though. Yeah. Thank you, Paul, for putting this episode of Zed Games together and me sitting in while you were absent at home, relaxing because you were unwell. Um, that's cool. I'll trade a show with you. You can do another one for me. <laughs> uh, cool. So I guess that's all we have for Zed Games tonight. On that note, uh, bye, everyone. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, bye. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZEDGamesAU. See, See you next time. time.